Amen. Tremendous presentation of this cantata this evening. I appreciate all the work. We'll have an opportunity in just a moment to thank them and uh, all the musicians and the drama. But uh, I would not add too much this evening before we depart. I would uh, like to draw your attention, though. I I love what uh, the pastor there in uh, this drama uh, expressed to us. Really, he posed a question to you and I this evening. And uh, I think it's a valid question for us to uh, look at once again. He said this, why would the creator of the universe leave the majesty of heaven to become a man. You might remember as he stood over there at that pulpit, he, he said that's a twofold answer. The Bible gives us a two-part answer to this question. That first part was this simple thought. God's son was born in the manger because it was the will of God the Father in heaven. It was Christ, and we were reminded of the verse in John six thirty-eight uh, this evening that said, I came down from heaven. Not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. So Christ's purpose and his desire as he willingly came. And, and uh, the, the, the question posed said, why would he become a man? Uh, I think it's even a greater question. Why would the God of heaven allow himself to become a baby? Why didn't he just appear as a man? Why, you know, more power. But no, he lived a perfect life coming as a baby in a manger. And uh, all to fulfill the will of his heavenly father. What is that will? I I love posing that question. Okay, Jesus Christ said, I came here to fulfill the will of God. What is that will? Well, I love how Peter answered that for us. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, he said that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Salvation. You want to know what the will of God is? My friend, as you sit here tonight, as I stand here tonight, the will of God is simply stated as thus. Heaven full hell empty heaven full hell empty i love that terminology i've said it before i i I can't get over those words he is not willing that some (laughs) should perish no no he is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance You see, God in his perfect will, he understood that you and I, because of Adam's fall and subsequently the choices you and I have made, the Bible is crystal clear and true, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God certainly also knows that that sin that you and I have committed as we are uh, mankind, sinful in nature, that sin makes us deserving of hell and the lake of fire. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. The penalty, the cost, the payment of our sin is death. Eternal separation for God from all of eternity in that place called hell or the lake of fire. And God in his perfect will and his desirous will, he, he had a plan. He looked down on you and I, and as John 3.16 says so well, for God so loved the world. Boy, I sure am thankful tonight that there's a God in heaven who looks on this world not in disgust, but in love. Who looked down at you and I, and he said, all right, son, Jesus, who's God himself, I want you to go down there. Here's my plan. And so it's the will of God that not any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That then leads right into the second answer to that question. Why would he do that? Well, Jesus came to earth because of his great love for you and me. Ah, uh, we heard the verse tonight, and it's, it, it's a great one. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. 
Oh, yes, we're sinners. We, we deserve eternity in hell. Yet Jesus Christ, God the Son, loved us so much that he willingly came to earth. He was born a baby. He, he walked this earth. And my friend, I'll tell you, earth would be a letdown when you come from heaven. Amen? And he came and walked this earth. And then he went to a cruel cross of Calvary. And there on that cruel cross of Calvary, he offered his body. He shed his blood for your sins and for my sins and for the sins of the whole world. I love how Paul sums it up in Romans chapter 5 and in, in verse number 8. He, he says this and a couple of verses behind. But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The question is, why, why did God in heaven, why, why did he come to earth, lead the majesty of heaven, and, and join us here? Why did he do it? Number one, the will of God. And what is that will of God? Jesus Christ coming to earth to pay your sin debt. So you don't have to for all of eternity. Why did he come? Because Jesus Christ, his love, the love of Christ, he willingly came to earth to die. Being born to die. It is very likely or possible even uh, this Christmas season, you'll, you'll sing the hymn, Good Christian Men Rejoice. I was uh, thinking about the cantata this week, and, and uh, I was listening to some Christmas music. And as I did, that, that song came on, and, and I picked up verse number two. And it's quite interesting. It says, joy, joy, Jesus Christ is born for this. And the next statement says this. He has opened heaven's door. And man is blessed forevermore. My friend, that truly is the message of Christmas. He was born for this. He opened heaven's door. The doors are wide open. All you have to do is put your faith and trust in him. Well, that was a great question that the pastor asked you and I, but now I would ask you a second question. What are you going to do with the truth? Tonight, not just in these simple words I have shared, but in the music the choir has sung and the, and the drama that is presented by these great actors, the fact is you have come face to face with the reality of this truth, as young Chip did. So what are you going to do with it? I think one of the saddest moments of the drama, and, and certainly it builds, doesn't it? And, and maybe you guessed the ending already, and uh, that Chip's mother uh, passed away, and, and boy, that's a tearjerker, okay? And uh, it, it's much better than Hallmark, because it's from the, uh, based on the scriptures, amen? The tearjerker, right? That's sad, and that's hard. The young man, it's a hard lesson learned, and, and you probably already picked up on it, some similarities to the prodigal son and so forth, and uh, you've probably already seen that. But I'll tell you, I think one of the saddest moments, one of the saddest statements that we hear in this whole cantata and the drama is when uh, mom's, uh, Chip's mom and dad are sitting here, and they're, they're picturing themselves in a car and driving, and, and young Chip is leaning forward, probably not wearing a seatbelt. He's leaning forward. Do you remember what he said, though? They were telling him about how, how Christ died for him and, and how he needs to in turn trust in Christ and then die himself to his own ambitions, his own uh, desires, his own will, and so forth. And you remember the statement. Yeah, uh, we were having technical difficulties. The mic wasn't working as it should. And so maybe you didn't hear it clearly. Here's what he said. He, he made this statement. And let me back up here, okay? Here's the statement. Listen to it carefully. 
I'll go to it and I'll share it with you. How about that? Let's back up there. Let me think about it a while. I've got an awful lot of business of my own, you know. Man, what a statement. His mom and dad are encouraging him, hey, trust Christ. Hey, not only trust, trust Christ, but once you do, live for him. Die to self. And his simple statement is, let me think about it a while. Got an awful lot of business of my own, you know. You see, friend, there was a man who recorded in the Scriptures. He crossed paths with Paul in a, a most auspicious way. Uh, he was, in fact, in charge of Paul and him being in prison. And yet, even as he interacted with Paul, he, he certainly picked up on the reality that Paul had a relationship with God because it seemed like all Paul did was talk about him. He was a prisoner, and yet he, as a prisoner, was talking to this jailer about, hey, you, uh, you need to know the Lord that I know. The man picked up on this great relationship that Paul had. He picked up on the power of that relationship. For Paul, God was real. And I love the statement of little Chip. And he said, ah, Dad, while I was standing there by the manger this evening, it felt like Jesus was real. My friend, it is a wonderful truth when you and I come to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and we get to have a real relationship with the God of heaven. He is real. This man somehow realized that in Paul. He, he witnessed it. He saw it. He, he probably picked up on Paul saying, listen, God offers the forgiveness of sins. And that man came to the point of the great tragedy that took place in that, that story. And he wanted the same thing that Paul had. And then you remember, this is what he said. What must I do to be saved? He looked at Paul and said, well, well, what must I do to be saved? And Like tonight, what, what should I do? How do I respond to the truth that I've been presented with tonight as Jesus Christ has come? Because it's the will of God and it's the love of Christ. How do I respond? And Paul simply said one thing. He said this, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Simple answer and yet a powerful step. A step of faith, if we may describe it as such. You know, though, tonight there may be some who we go to what Chip said, and the reality is this. Holy Spirit comes knocking. You're here tonight, and you've never been born again, and you've never trusted in Christ as your Savior. Holy Spirit comes knocking because here's the reality. For far too long, you've been way too busy, caught up with your own business. You've lived life your way, yeah? yeah you've kind of like Chip. Now, nah, God, I, I, let me think about that for a while. Salvation. Let me, I'll consider it, but I have some of my own business to attend to to take care of. I like what that song said that about coming home. It, it made this statement, my soul is worn and weary. My friend, tonight, if you've been about your own business for far too long, I venture a good guess that your soul is weary. It's worn. And my friend, before it is too late, you need to come to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible's crystal clear. In fact, I think this story certainly brings it up very well. In less than a year, Chip's mother, or right at a year, Chip's mother passed away. The Bible says to you and I that no man is guaranteed of tomorrow, let alone another year. 
Likelihood is, with an auditorium as filled as this one is this evening, the likelihood is there will be someone here tonight that is not with us, that has hopefully gone on to glory, to heaven. Fact is, the average or the percentage probably said that will be the case. Because the Bible says life is short. It is even but a vapor. You know, I fact is this, death may come knocking on your door this year. Will death have found you so caught up in your own business that you have failed to take God at His free offer of salvation? Or will death have found you having come to the realization the moment of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior? I would encourage you tonight, don't delay. You say, Pastor Henry, how do I do that? How, how do I ensure that, that oh boy, if death comes knocking, I'm ready. I know I'm going to heaven. Well, I, I could share with you a prayer. I, you just take God as words, but Chip's prayer right here was as good as any. Crying out to God, God, I know that I am a sinner. My sin deserves hell. And today, tonight, would you save me? Remember, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. It's a promise that was true back in the day of Paul. It's a promise that is true even today. Call on him. Tonight, I'd also talk to those who are believers. You're here tonight, you've already trusted in Christ, and I, I would simply ask you, that in light of what we've heard and been challenged by tonight, that you would take inventory of your life. Have you followed Christ's example, Paul's exhortation, encouragement to die to self, to die to your own ambition, to die to your own will? You know, too often that we can come to Jesus Christ in salvation, accept his free gift, which is wonderful, needed, necessary. But the fact is, sometimes after accepting his free gift, we can kind of assume the same attitude as Chip. We can say to God, all right, God, you saved me. I'm a new creature in you, but I'll think about for a while living life the way that you said, eh, because I, got, I have some business I need to take care of. I need to live the life that I, that, that I have, and so maybe in a little while I'll think about that. We're too consumed. We are too consumed and busy living our life our way. Hey, Christian, I'd ask you this simple question. Do you really think that that's why Jesus Christ died on a cross? So you and I could live a life that way. Paul said it wasn't. Uh, Paul, Paul said this in first, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live, catch this part, that they which live, they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Christian, can I encourage you? Today is the day to start being about your father's business. To live for him now. To live in such a way that explains and, and really follows that exhortation by Paul to die to self. So I ask you tonight, very simply, as we close, what are you going to do with the truth tonight? The choir members, the orchestra, the drama have done a wonderful job in presenting it to you and I. What will we do with it? Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved? If you don't know where you'll spend eternity, 
I'd encourage you to do so. Hey, Christian, would you live for him now by dying to self? You'll bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. We'll be done in just a moment. If you can uh, just kind of remain quiet, I'd greatly appreciate it. Tonight, as we've had the privilege of hearing this cantata, Born to Die, as we've considered the truth that it presented, can I ask you just a couple questions, and we'll be done, if you would. You're sitting here tonight, and you say, Pastor Henry, I, 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 man, a beautiful cantata. I enjoyed it tremendously, and I, I sure am thankful that even though I'm not perfect, and, and I mess up and I trip up, I know today that if I die tonight on the way home, if there's a car wreck, car accident, and I die, if that was the case, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that I would go to heaven. That's you, and you say, yep, Pastor, there's been a time in my life that I did just what Paul said to that Philippian jailer, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I have done that. Uh, doesn't mean I've lived perfect, but I certainly have trusted in Jesus Christ for salvation. If that's you, would you just put your hand up all across the auditorium? Amen. Just put it right up, put it right back down, all right? Amen. Anyone else? Yep, Pastor Henry, I didn't raise my hand a second ago, but that's me. I've trusted in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me continue to talk to you then, believer. If 